welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast with your charismatic host and prominent safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Be entertained and informed as the Safety Doc discusses both best and bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. The truth will keep you safe. Follow Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. This is Dr. David Perodin. And I want to thank you as we begin another journey into school and community safety. If you're looking for industrial safety expert, Appalachian State University professor, Dr. Timothy Ludwig, please visit www.safety-doc.com. Again, that's Dr. Timothy Ludwig at www.safety-doc.com. Hi, everybody. This is David Proden, the Safety Doc, and we have Safety Doc uh, Podcast 62 today. Very special show with our guest, Justin Dooley. We are going to talk about what to do when you are first on the scene of an accident, and then we're going to expand out from there, including some winter weather survival for those of you in the cold weather states. And actually, I have friends in Arizona who have said they've had freezing rain and things like that, too. So we're going to talk about some safety things for your vehicle, some approaches, stuff like that. So, Justin, welcome to the show. And if you could tell us about yourself. Well, thank you for having me, David. Um, my name is Justin Dooley. I work with Dr. Perodin here at the Wisconsin School for the Blind. I'm a child care counselor, and I'm here to share a story from this past summer. Yeah, so let's get in, into it. You told me this story, and I'm, and I'm thinking, I don't know how I would respond if I was in your shoes. And I think it was dress shoes at the time, so maybe you can tell us that story. Yeah, and I didn't know how I was going to respond either. <laughs> oh, right. uh, my wife and I were actually on our way to a wedding out of town. A friend of ours was driving us. We were on the interstate, and um, we noticed there was a man laying in the road, and his motorcycle was there too. We saw blood. Um, there was no emergency vehicles around. Okay. So we're driving by, you know, 70 miles an hour and have that little internal dialogue. Do we pull over? Do we not pull over? None of us know what to do. Um, I guess I was feeling brave that day. Okay. Or willing to help. So we pulled over probably 50 yards past the actual accident. So I got out felt like a long jog over there. Um, By the time I did get there, there were um, other vehicles starting to pull over. There was a pickup truck with a couple gentlemen and um, another lady had stopped. And basically I just wanted to find out what had been done so far. Did anyone call 911? What the situation was. The gentleman was lucid. He was awake. Um, very badly injured. Uh, Yikes. Kind of gory. And um, so 911 was called by the lady who was there. And basically one of the other gentlemen just said, we need to get this bike out of the road. Um, we didn't know if it was leaking gas or anything like that. So myself and one of the gentlemen got the bike off the road. And um, the other guy went down the interstate a ways and he's waving traffic, get in the other lane, get in the other lane. Okay. So 
we stayed there for a little while. Um, so what time of day is this? This is mm, evening, three, four o'clock. Okay. Around there, still light out. Luckily, yeah. it'd be a different story otherwise, I think. And you were and you were headed to a wedding, right? Yes. Okay, so what were you wearing throughout this I had my I had my dress clothes on, okay. you know, and really the only thing the guy really wanted was a towel. And All right. I would have given him the shirt off my back if I didn't have to go to a wedding. Right. And even that was another <laughs> internal dialogue. Right. And, just trying to decide, hmm, what do I do here? I did keep my clothes. He was okay. Um, and I ended up just kind of hanging out. We were on an overpass, and we watched the ambulance come up. And at that point, we were kind of late, so the situation was under control, and I just kind of moseyed on, and we went to the wedding. So did anybody render, um, you know, first aid, like check him over and, you know, put pressure on anything? Or was it kind of like people came up to him very cautiously, kind of had some discussions, see what he would respond back? I mean, how was, how was that? Uh, I think all the guys that were there were very cautious. Okay. Um, it was the lady who ran right over to him, got down, and... Wow. Yeah. And it was... There, there was a lot of blood in the road, so I didn't know how safe it was to be dealing with that. Don't have any gloves or masks or anything. Right. Right. Which, oddly, you th think about. Yeah. I... I talked to a guy who uh, arrived at the scene of an accident, and the driver was unconscious, and the vehicle started on fire, and he was pulling this guy out, and as he's pulling this guy out, the guy regains consciousness, and he is somehow thinking, this guy caused this accident, he's trying to hijack my vehicle, the guy who's trying to help him, rescue him, so he gets real combative with this guy, right. <laughs> and he's like, you're not taking me out of my car, and he's like, you've been in an accident, like, I've got to get you out of here, you're like, your car's on fire, and he kind of dragged him, kicking and screaming out of this vehicle, and thankfully, I guess other people were around, and some people videotaped it with their phones, um, so, so t tell me about this whole dilemma as you're driving now again you were the first one there it was all kind of at the same time i think if we hadn't driven so far past okay the actual accident yeah. i would have been for sure the first person there um, but our friend who was driving you know i don't think she would generally pull over i don't know that i would either this was just kind of a yeah. strange situation where i felt like yeah right, we better do something here or at least try to um, so yeah, we all kind of got there at the same time and somebody must have started dialing 911 while they're still in their vehicle. Okay. You know, it sounds, it sounds almost callous and I'm not saying this about you, but I mean, just anybody oh, okay. with, with an accident, um, because uh, is it the, do you stop or do you not stop? And I've heard of, of people stopping on, you know, interstates and they step out of their car and three feet later, they're hit by somebody and killed. Sure. Um, so, yeah, what, you know, do you stop? Do you not stop? And, and then this whole thing of like, is there leaking gasoline? Are there other parties involved in this? What risk am I putting myself at? Um, 
So, you know, the what what is this this biker? What is what does he say to you? What are some of the things that he's he's saying? And I guess what are you pulling out of that? Like, okay, he knows what he's talking about, or like he's saying stuff. I'm I'm not figuring out what this guy's. There's maybe cognitively whacked his head against the pavement. What's going on? Here? Yeah, and it, there's definitely a head injury. Okay. Um, a lot of stuff going on with the face. I won't get into details, but um, he was talking. I specifically remember him. He was laying on his back, and this, like I said, the sun was still out. Yeah. And all he really wanted was to get the sun out of his okay. eyes. So, you know, I remember the lady who was working with him. Eventually, her main thing was just standing over him, creating a shadow. That was really all he was asking for, and he was pretty calm, actually. Okay, you know, so just get in the shadow, get the sun out of my eyes. <laughs> yeah, he and knew the ambulance was on, on right. its way. It wasn't Dracula, right? Because during the day, you know, you no, he would have been uh, Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, he would have disintegrated. Right. So not enough time for that to happen. No. No. So at any point, does he present as being a little confrontational, or does he does he say things like "Don't call an ambulance"? Or no, he was grateful that we were there and the ambulance was okay. on its way. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what happened if he lost control or if he was clipped by somebody, but his motorcycle was facing the opposite direction of traffic. All right. So, so then you helped pull the motorcycle off the road. Yes. Okay. And then somebody went down to direct some traffic of kind of slowing people down and saying, hey, like there's an accident scene up ahead. Now, did they have anything that you're aware of, like a flashlight or like some, you know, something they're waving around trying to get people's attention or anything? No, just body language. Okay. Which is waving the, and so, oh, yeah. Same sign for stealing second base. Um, you know, back with the Milwaukee Brewers in the mid '80s, but uh, wow! Um, how long did it take for the ambulance to arrive? Would you guess? Mm, it felt like a long time, but it was probably only like five minutes, yeah. really. So they were there pretty quick. It was weird because we were on the overpass looking down, and they actually had driven past the exit, had to back up, drive over the median, and then onto the ramp and come around. Wow! So we're all kind of up there, like, no, oh, we're up here. <laughs> And, you know, of course, we're like, these idiots, but... And then they drive up the side, and it's kind of like a ramp, and they fly over, and wow. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, well, okay, they're here. I'm late. If I stay, I'm probably going to end up having a long discussion with the paramedics. <laughs> so that's the thing, is um, does anybody start to try to document what's going on, like record or, like, get this guy's name or did you see any of that going on, like trying to They're, learn more about him? Like, yes, hey, they were. Uh, they found out his identity. It was the lady who was, you know, right down there with him, um, kind of tending to his wounds the best that she could. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think they got his name and, you know, some family members, and they are going to try to reach out to them. Cause but I, no, no videotaping or picture-taking, which... Okay. We would be, I don't know, would that, would that be the thing to do? Well, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about that. Um, because I'm more and more, um, the, the stuff that I've read, people I've talked to, 
um, it's taking pictures at the scene of an accident to help with recreation of the event and then also to timestamp the event. Um, and what happens, though, on the other side of this, Justin, is, um, you know, like 10 people set up and they basically are taking pictures from different angles and filming this and no one is doing anything. You know, it's like it's this great documentary right. of, of Pete and, and his wipeout and, and one person is help, helping him while 10 people are recording it. Um, so I think I would now this is what I think. Like, what do you what you'd actually do when you're there? Um but this is something like we talk about right now. I think I, I would recommend taking some photos of some different angles because then you have points of like, okay, here's a tree behind him. So like we can recreate this. Like, you know, I took this angle like when I was lying down over here and what, I don't know what this is in the sun, but taking some different angles. Um, I, I think that helps to, to recreate that scene. And first of all, yeah, trying to attend to the person and if they're if they're lucid and, and stuff yeah. like that is, is is the number one. Right. Um, so let me let me ask you this. So, I mean, what do you think if you would have come up and, you know, the person is not, not unresponsive? Would you have done maybe done CPR or done any which? Uh, and I, I don't know. CPR certified here at the school. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'd like to think that I would, um, but with, like I said, with all the blood and you just don't know, and it's not something you, you ever come across. It's like once in a blue moon. Right. So to have an actual plan of what I'm, what I would do, it's hard to say. I, I'm honestly probably not. Thank you for tuning in to the Safety Doc Podcast with the nation's leading safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Author, radio show host, university instructor, researcher, expert witness, and consultant. Powerful testimonials. Dr. Perodin has a strong reputation as the go-to safety consultant, and he was still able to exceed our expectations. When we went looking for an expert in the field of crisis preparedness and prevention, David was the single person we pursued. Not easy stepping into the touchier subjects of life, but Dr. David pulls it off. Take a listen. Now, back to Dr. David Perodin and the Safety Doc Podcast. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what I would do in that circumstance. Um, either because I'm not sure what I would contribute to if there were internal wounds. Um, you know, I always remember the ABC airway breathing chest compression. So I guess if I was to spring into action, I would, I would probably do that. Um, so let me, let me ask this question then you leave and what are you thinking what are the, the first <laughs> thoughts you, you you can start to remember now? Of like, yeah, we got a mile away, and I was thinking this. Later that night, I was thinking this. I was talking about this at the wedding. A day later, I was thinking this. What were some, when you thought back on this, what, what were memories that were coming in or things like, ah, oh, I wish I would have done this, or I'm glad I did this, or I can't believe I did this. It was a lot of I can't believe I did that, and it was okay. the same with my wife and her friend. They 
they were surprised that I wanted to pull over. Yeah. But as we left, you know, I, I did feel good that I stopped and, you know, tried to help out. And, you know, most importantly, that the gentleman was all right. Um, I was also kind of thinking, I wonder if I really should be leaving right now since I did get involved. I didn't know if right. I should stick around and talk to the authorities. It's, that seems like something that you're supposed to do. Right, right. Yeah, that would be... So maybe we're going to get followed to the wedding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be probably, you know, my my take is that the officers are going to say, okay, what did, tell me your role in this. And it'd be like, I was the first person or one of the first people to arrive. Here's what I saw. Yeah. Here's what I, here's what I did. Um, and then maybe I'm sure they would ask like, what's your name and, and stuff like that. Um, tell me about when you told this story to people at the wedding, this is where I kind of get into this, this, this chat forum discussion, because a lot of times there'll be articles like I'll read online, maybe something about this, and then you'll see like a hundred responses and they'll be all over the board. What were some, what was the response of some people you've shared this with? Uh, well, <laughs> to be honest with you, I, when we got to the wedding, I wasn't gonna announce to everybody that <laughs> I made this brave gesture. I left that to my wife and it's kind of like, come on. Right. <laughs> we don't need to brag. No, um, a lot of people haven't come across that situation, and most people said, no way, I would never pull over for that, just keep going. So that, that was the general consensus. So keep going. So when you say keep going, do you do you think you would have kept going like, um, you know, another mile, another two miles, or marked kind of where you were at? Um, and and then pulled over and notified the authorities Made a from phone that call. point of, or, or yeah I don't know or some cars have the Garmin or something and say mm -hmm. hey I just passed um, an accident scene and it's about a mile back of where I'm at um, and yeah yeah I th I'd like to think that that's what people would do and that's that's what I would do. Um, you just see somebody laying in the road. I mean, if it was dark out, nobody's seeing that. That's going to be another accident. Right. Pro I mean, in all honesty, probably a death. Right. And I, you just don't want to read in the paper the next day that the accident you drove by, you know, well, the guy could have lived is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Um, because you have your own personal safety to to evaluate in this situation. And I think, you know, I'd, again, most of us listening are probably thinking we would stop. But again, if you're the first person stopping, what are you doing? And then if other people stop, are you kind of directing them or you ask them, like, do you have experience and whatever to render aid? Um, and then what happens, you know, because you don't know if, if this person is going to be combative and how do you protect right. yourself. Um, so if, if this happens um, again, so hopefully it doesn't, but let's say this happens again to you in a month, how does this change um, your reaction? What have, what have you learned? What would, what would be different? <clears throat> well... I was surprisingly calm when it happened, and when the people who were there, 
me, the two guys, and the other lady, it all kind of just came together. We were very okay. quickly figured out, okay, what's been done? You know, is he okay? Stuff like that. So um, if it were to happen again in a month, you know, I would approach it the same way. If I was the first one, I would go up. I would probably just call 911 immediately on my way over there um, rather than, you know, wait and see. Um, and then, you know, I would check on the guy if he was lucid and safe and all that and out of the way of danger, I, I guess I would document, you know, because we moved the motorcycle before anybody took any pictures. Right. Which could affect something later. Right. And then did you, could you like position your car with the flashers on to maybe like protect this guy a little oh, yeah. bit or something yeah. like that? Well, at 70 miles an hour though, I mean, it's, it's yeah, a, it's I, a maneuver. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, ideally that would, that okay. would be the plan. Well, so I'm thinking, you know, if you're dialing 911 um, and, and, you know, you pull over and say, um, this is what I see in front of me right now, um, and, and you're reporting, and then 911 takes the location, um, and then I think probably the next question would be to 911, what do you want me to do? Right. Um, in this situation, what, yeah, what do you want me to do? And then they could walk you, uh, through that. Like, you know, can you go up or can you yell out your window? Is, is he responsive or is it safe to get out of the vehicle? Or they might say things like you totally don't think about, like put your flashers on, um, and you know, if come up and then come back and, and we'll stay on the line or, you know, walk up there with your phone and, and try to, you know, is he responsive? Is he, does he know his name? Um, you know, what do you see around you? Are there other vehicles and things like that? So I'm guessing that's where 911 would probably come in. But yeah, I'm thinking the more we talk about this is I would probably pull over, make the call, and, and, you know, the Garmin, well, not to, and in the cars now have those buttons you can press through the emergency buttons and it triangulates like right to the vehicle. So it gives the location. Right. Um, and then I would probably say, like, what do you want me to do? Like, they'll, you know, we'll patch you through and whatever, because, um, yeah, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Maybe they'll, they'll say, um, stay right there, put your, your flashers on and, you know, yeah. um, we're going to be there if you can stay there and, and someone's going to ask you some questions about, you know, what you saw or anything like that, or is the person like in imminent danger, like lying right. in the middle of the road and traffic's going, maybe they'll, they'll say, try to pull them. And even in that situation though, it's hard to diagnose how much internal damage there is right. and you know, move, where, moving to a body, yeah. you know, like. That's where I would say if you did that, um, and for those of you, the safety doc is not checking his phone, but this uh, this is my timer uh, for this for this show. But I think then you'd be protected by nine one one. I mean, because that's a recorded call. I mean, so if they're telling you if this you're, you're seeing this person out there and and we want you to move this person, I would guess then you're fine. I mean, if, even if you move them, it's like. <laughs> And, and you know you've done some damage. Well, yeah. they're also in the middle of a road with vehicles driving by at seventy miles. This is true. An hour. Um, so wow. Uh, this, this. I mean, this is. 
any of us could happen upon an accident. That's that's the thing when, when Justin was telling me about the story is any of us, we, we crest a hill, we're coming home somewhere at night, and we just notice um, a path that goes off of the, the roadway, and then all of a sudden, yeah, there's a vehicle down there, and, and what do we do? Um, so right now, I'm, I'm going to shift us out of this a little bit. Okay. Um, so we have, ironically, ironically, we have a winter weather warning as we record this. Um, now, it starts, I believe, in three hours, and now they name them, which I've never seen before, lived in Wisconsin my entire life, in northern Wisconsin, where it was just a snowstorm or a blizzard or whatever, and this one is um, Snowstorm Mateo or whatever. I don't know, more personal merchandising, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Keep up on, you know, get my Mateo sweatshirt and things like that. I survived Mateo 2018. Well, we got the email saying, you know, a lot of tomorrow's in-service is canceled because Mateo came to town. I'm like, every time, this guy? every time Mateo comes to town, this happens. And it's, it, yeah. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. So um, at least they gave us a day ahead. But I'm like, Mateo, Mateo's in town? Oh, come on. Come on. You just take it down. Stay off the roads. Stay off the roads, Mateo. <laughs> just take it down and chill. And Mateo's not going to stop for you either. He sees you on the road, you're pretty much on your own. Oh, yeah. That's just the way Mateo is. But on the other side, if you don't cross them, you're in good shape. So no eye contact with Mateo. You just kind of keep going. Um, so anyway, we were we were talking about what do we, what are important things to keep in a vehicle that we we personally judge important. Um, and I brought some items with me, and I created a list, and we're going to kind of come up with our five items. We might have some duplicates, and then. I guess, come to a consensus on what we think is the better composition of items. So I guess I'm going to have you start out with uh, what What are you keeping in your vehicle um, for incidents of coming upon an accident or to stay safe if you're stranded or, or whatever? Thank you for tuning in to the Safety Doc Podcast with the nation's leading safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Author, radio show host, university instructor, researcher, expert witness, and consultant. Powerful testimonials. Dr. Perodin has a strong reputation as the go-to safety consultant, and he was still able to exceed our expectations. When we went looking for an expert in the field of crisis preparedness and prevention, David was the single person we pursued. Not easy stepping into the touchier subjects of life, but Dr. David pulls it off. Take a listen. Now, back to Dr. David Perodin and the Safety Doc Podcast. Um, well, I did put quite a bit of thought into this and, you know, from personal experience, it's Always been jumper cables since ah. I've had battery problems a lot. But um, I think revisiting it, I would really want, and it looks like you brought one, uh, a backup charger for devices. Yes. So I have it right here. Um, this one is made by Jackery. Um, but this this will charge my cell phone uh, multiple times. And it, it, it's really cool because it has a USB plug. 
and I don't know. And, and it's all metal too. Like this thing, you could drop. This is a thing too. Like if if you have to leave your vehicle and walk somewhere, that's you know. And you have your phone, and what if your phone starts to run down in a charge, or for some reason your vehicle is disabled where the battery, you know, you can't get the charger to work for the battery. This thing um, is is awesome, and it will do multiple charges. It's portable. You can drop it. Not that you want to. Um, but, yeah, there are a number of them out there. This thing cost me 30 bucks. I also take it biking when I do bike treks. And, and it's a fast charger, so this thing will, like, charge up a phone in, in 30 minutes. So, yeah, this one, you can go on Amazon, find different models. Again, this one is, is Jackery. They donated a um, massive amount of these to the Cajun Navy Relief for Hurricane Harvey and also for Hurricane Irma. So just a plug with that of, of you know, a really good um, company as far as, like, a good steward of doing good things yeah um so yeah here it is uh i i recommend and i i know this i probably had this like two years um so it's it's new to me and i'm really glad i've i've had it um because i did use it once on a long bike truck where i had a bike accident and needed to um recharge my phone so yeah definitely okay so uh, this is one I've, I've got this one <laughs> You claiming it? I'm claiming this. <laughs> Mateo has the same thing he carries with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I put that at the top because I think this whole story is a perfect example that I don't necessarily know what I'm supposed to do in an emergency situation. So if I can get in contact with, you know, the people who do know what I should do, I'm putting that pretty high up on the list. Um do you want to see what I brought? Yeah, I want to see. Let's go through <laughs> Justin's things. Well, it's this is just a first aid case, but it's called the Justin case. Got it. it. Got it for my mom for Christmas. Okay. She uh, did she so, that have it have that sewn no, on for you? No, she found it and All right, that's she cool. likes to get me stuff with my name on All it because right. it's. I like it. She's I like, like it. that. Yeah. So inside we've just got you know band aids, gloves, gauze sponges. I thought I put gloves in here. Ice pack. I should probably have some oh, mosquito Epi bites. Oh, mosquito bites. Okay. Not an EpiPen, but it's the yeah. get rid of the itch. But EpiPen would be good, too. You know, an EpiPen seems to be uh, a great idea with, with a number of allergies. Something I don't carry, but, you know, um, to acknowledge. Do you have... Um, it's like a stretchy band that you can go around. Like you know, an ace like, bandage? Kind yeah, of. something like that. Like, don't know. Okay. I have gotten into this fairly often, but I don't believe I have an ace okay. bandage in here. Nope. So it looks like a pretty a pretty good supply. Pretty well organized, right. too, as you can see. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, so how often do you check um, to make sure nothing is, like, substantially outdated it's like this is from the korean war <laughs> this was on the cobra yeah um, um just wondering <clears throat> never okay i i ran into the same thing i had an actual kit that i made and it was like a christmas thing you know maybe i don't know seven years ago for all the family members i went and i i bought bandages i ordered some things online and, and did the industrial free ziploc bag and put a date on it and then, of course, you know, 
gave it to everybody and it, it never got updated and things expired and things didn't work anymore nothing was sticky and ended up throwing most of the stuff out um, didn't even know like I had it totally forgot about it um, yeah. So in a, so you've got that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out um, one of my newest um, arrivals here. This is. Oh, should uh, I stand back? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it is. It it has its own holder, which I don't I don't know where you mount the holder in the car. Um, that's that's the question because you're like I'm not gonna screw this in the side of my car up on the <laughs> roof or anything like that. So it has its own holder. Uh, gift from my mother-in-law for this Christmas. Um, an orange uh, windshield or side window shatter device. Um, and then, so it's pretty, it feels heavy. Like definitely, I'm pretty sure, you know, like, you know, this would do the, the trick because glass is tempered and it's made to shatter, you know, into a thousand pieces and the pieces then don't cut you. But, um, so it's an interesting thing because it's kept in my glove compartment. So if I were to help get into somebody's vehicle, I could probably do it. Like if I had to get out of my own vehicle, I'm not sure I could probably get the glove compartment open, find it, maneuver it, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And, and like my parents actually have like a regular hammer in theirs and they always tell me, um, and my parents are, you know, 76 and 80. You know, if we ever drove into a lake or into a river, we would use this to pound out the window and, and whatever. I'm thinking, well, if it hasn't happened <laughs> so far for you, and also, like, I'm not sure that that is the best option um, to to get out of that scenario. I, I you know, it's, it's just, yeah, low prevalence and a regular hammer. It, so anyway, I'm going to flip this thing around. It has a, a seat belt cutter. Oh, nice. On this side, um, which which is an awesome idea because, um, a, you know, it's hard to, how, if you can't unbuckle somebody out of a seat belt, I mean, allegedly, I mean, that's what it says. And it's a, you know, it does look like it has a blade in there that you could cut the, the seat belt. So I think that's kind of cool. And again, it's orange and it seems pretty pretty hefty i mean i'll let you yeah let you have it and um, oh, yeah. I, I definitely think we could do some you know some damage with this you know it might not be even a, a bad self-defense thing if you found yourself in some like bad that story you told where the guy's pulling the other gentleman out of the car and he starts yeah fighting him. maybe you just put it in your pocket or something i mean because if you hit somebody with this not to you know, cause substantial harm, but this might be a way to at least escape from somebody. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's some pretty cool, cool uses. So that's that's my second um, item. Uh, so, what else you got on your list? On my list, um, I think I'm gonna have to say probably jumper cables next. Okay, jumper cables. Uh, you finding you needing to use those? Yeah, it's just I've needed them so much. I okay. historically I gotta have them. <laughs> so you do own a 1988 Chrysler LeBaron? Is what you're telling me? No, okay. no, no. It was an '89 Thunderbird <laughs> that I sold for seventy-five dollars. All right. <laughs> I was I was sharing with Justin. I had a a 1988 LeBaron, which was the most spectacular car when the temperature was between forty and seventy-five. 
And if it was below 40, it probably wasn't going to start. And if it was above 75, it would overwhelm the air conditioner. But in that small temperate zone in Wisconsin of about 50 days, between that 40 and 75, it was an awesome vehicle. Um, and yeah, I had jumper cables. I mean, they, they were standard, you know, and I had the long jumper cables so someone could pull up and- That's good. And, I often yeah. had the, sh the short ones, okay. and no matter how close you got, <laughs> yeah, happening. And, yeah, and then you're like Doc and Back to the Future, <laughs> waiting yeah. for that lightning bolt. So turn it, yeah, turn, turn it, turn it. Um, so um, I also had an engine block heater, which seemed to be completely ineffective versus just running up my electric bill. But right. jumper cables, okay, something I don't have. Um, what else you got? Um, I had a headlamp. Like a flashlight, but a nice. headband. Right, right. Because yeah. then, yeah, I had flashlight, and that's a better option because if I'm dealing with flashlight and you're trying to, first of all, change a tire or maneuver anything, you got to position it and mount up a little pound of right. dirt around it so it's aimed like in the <laughs> right direction or whatever. And especially if it's raining, that's not working. So you're totally mobile with your headlamp. And oh, you yeah. can go, and people are seeing you also, so you're visible. Um, I like it. And people are more likely to, to stop for, like, you know, people who work in mines. That guy's a miner. <laughs> He's cool. He knows what's going on down in the mines. It's closer to the center of the earth. That's where Mateo is. But, um, okay, that makes sense. I missed that one. Bad. <laughs> Bad. Okay, what else? Um... I do have a high visibility vest on here. Awesome. I like it. Don't know if it's a must have, but um, you know, the story we're dealing with today, or my story with the motorcycle, if it was nighttime and that gentleman was trying to move traffic without any yeah. lights or anything, that would you know, be a start. So. Um, I have a high vis visibility vest. I don't wear it, or I mean, I don't have it in a vehicle, but I do. Yours is homemade, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's a story behind it. Uh, so um, our church was doing um, their, their uh, people would donate things, you know, and then they sell them to try to generate money for the, you know, church, I don't know, bazaar, whatever you call it. And uh, the priest is a good friend of mine, and we're kind of going through some of these items, and somebody donated a triple XL safety vest. So this massive safety vest, and it has the reflective stuff on it. And I mentioned, I'm like, you know when I run at night, like I should have a safety vest, but I put this thing on, and I mean, it's just ridiculously way too big, and it says <laughs> no. But he's like, take it, like you just take it. And so I showed it to my wife and I said, is there anything you can do on this? And actually one of the things, because I run, it's Wisconsin and I run in winter and I put a wool coat on um, to have a larger vest really wasn't that bad of an idea. Um, so she took it and she sewed the sides in like a few inches to, to bring this thing in. And actually it, it worked. And it was from a company, so it was like an industrial safety vest, which also makes me wonder how, why this one company donated one used 
safety vest versus someone who worked there who just had it at home and never returned it and the yeah. company since out of business um, so it has the company logo on the back you know as so when I'm running I'm doing this I had a neighbor though Justin get this I had a neighbor um, who was a, a doctor and he moved uh, a few years ago he and his wife were like fitness fanatics okay you know he's this guy's running like all the time and he ran like a ninja like Beverly Hills ninja the guy was and his wife completely in non-reflective black I mean he probably I mean it was it was like it was night ops and the guy was doing some military exercise and Honestly, there was an. I mean, there, there'd be times like I pull in the driveway, I'd be like, I almost, I think I almost hit, hit, I think I almost hit this guy. Like, where do you come out of Spider Man? You know, welcome, stranger. Uh, and somebody wrote a letter to the editor and pointed out how dangerous it was for he and his wife to be running around town in basically these bodysuits, which were complete black and like absorbed any type of light like these military suits they got from Area 51 <laughs> off of a spacecraft. I mean, in the, and I'm thinking common sense. I'm like, dude, dude, for anybody, okay, you know, uh, you're, you're a doctor, so, I, you know, there should be some level of processing right. of safety there, but Anybody with common sense running pitch black at night with no stars, no nothing, and and you're not covert, you know, you're not running like on the side of, he's like bravely running kind of like easily eight feet out in the road. Oh, and, yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm just Florida. I, I, I'm, I'm just blown, blown up. So I'll never forget that. But karma did strike because on uh, right after Christmas, several years ago, uh, there was a wind advisory, and I decided to keep my garbage can in. He put his out with all of his wrapping paper, and uh, it got tipped over, and the entire neighborhood was covered with wrapping paper. So he had to go out, and he's picking up all of this wrapping. It was during the day, so he didn't have his black super suit on. Yeah, he probably had, he had to put his white suit on so you couldn't see him during yeah. during the day. But yeah, he's out there picking up all this stuff, and I'm like, and it was you know it was, it was so again overt you know and they have it on the news and nobody else on the block does this because they're obviously you know you go outside and everything's blowing around and he's like yeah this will weight down the garbage can you know this this you know one eighth pound of paper that oh, I yeah. got <laughs> yep so there's tinsel in there so yeah so I, I think it's a great idea though with the vest because if I had a second vest and they're cheap you know you can buy them I think to put it in there because you're right the visibility when you come upon a scene and see somebody with a vest um, or even like if I'm just going out to change a tire, I think to throw the vest on increases your visibility so um, so much. I, yeah. I, I think it's a smart move. So, yeah, instead of just running um, with it, I think that's a great idea. Maybe I'll take that one, put it in the vehicle, get myself one that's a little more hip that doesn't have some company logo <laughs> on it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I told you too. Like when I run a couple times, like I've been, the police have pulled pulled me over when I yeah, throw the spotlight yeah. on me and the vest shines, and then you know the hey, what you doing out here tonight? Running? I'm running. I'm running. Part um, of the monkey wrench game. Part of the got the and uh, it's never been uncomfortable, but it it's it's you know I'm like how 
I, what else? I've got running shoes on. Uh, what else has to go with this? And then, you know, where do you live? You know, like two blocks up and over. Never been there. Like, I don't know where it is. I'm like, dude, you got like eight computers there. Like, yeah. here's the address. And then, like, they'll follow you home and then they'll watch you go into, like, the house and stuff like that. And you're looking back and, and then everything's fine. I'm like, dude, but um, yeah, so, so I don't know. Then the invest. But okay, what else? All right. Um, I got a few things down here. Um, I guess we'll go with a winter one. Um, I got, actually to my wife's car. I got her just a mini snow shovel. Okay. It's kind of. I think it extends out. Yeah. I'm not sure, but um, we we get stuck sometimes right in the driveway and really <laughs> just get that thing okay. out and yeah yeah and dig you dig yourself out of a ditch. All right. I like that. We have those. Never put them in the car. Either car this winter, they're both hanging up in the garage. And, yeah. Bad. Bad safety dog. Okay. What else? Um, this one's kind of goofy, but since we are having Mateo come to town and it's cold, and you yes. might be, you know, in a rural area or something, I put a Snuggie because I've seen a lot of... You know, bring extra coat or towels or clothes or whatever. Snuggies, all that in one. Yeah. yeah. Not, not a plug, by the way. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of with that in the fact that we have numerous um, fleece blankets. Um, so, you know, you can kind of maneuver those into a, a Snuggie. Yeah. So I, I do probably have like two or three... Um, yeah, fleece, you know, not very expensive, but fleece blankets that we, we have in there. And then I also have um, a heavier throw rug that somebody had made. And the purpose of that would be like if I need to ch maybe change a tire or something over some pretty rough terrain, maybe, you know, stones or stuff like that. If I put this down, like I know my knees will be mm -hmm. um, protected and... I don't know what else I would use it for. Um, okay, yeah, the Snuggie. I, I'm totally with it. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, anything else? Um, yeah, just some practical things. I think um, should keep water. Yep, I've got it on my list. You do? Okay. So what's your thought? Uh, so here's, here's my dilemma personally with water. In summer... The water, well, I mean, if you just have the water bottles, you know, the trunk heats up to 155 yes. degrees, and then I'm not sure if it's leaching chemicals exactly. out of the bottle. The containers, everything. So I'm like, oh, thank you, water. And you take one swig, and boom, you're done, because now you have, you know, whatever it is. Carcinogen Carcinogens. <laughs> whatever's come out of that, and it's, yeah, this hot water, but... Um, and in winter, you know, it's like, great, I have a solid block ice of ice. Cube. So... Um, that is the trick, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. all in the container. So, what do you do? You have it in, do you store it in a in a container that's other than the water bottle it comes in? Uh, I would. Um, I don't actually have water stored. This is just something I've okay. decided would be a good <laughs> idea. Um, I don't know. Maybe a Yeti would that work? Or would that just turn into an ice cube too? I don't know. It's, I think it would either like keep it hot 
do a great job keeping it hot or keep it great do a great job keeping it cold um but yeah i don't think you'd run into the leach issues with yeah. i i i definitely see that um so yeah i mean hydration and and having water is is going to be so key or even like if yeah you come upon an accident well i mean there right like i'm calling rampart you know i it's like i don't know do i give the person water you know then you go back to the 911 it's like i just gave him water it's like what you did what <laughs> no no tell us you didn't give him water all right you didn't, you didn't you didn't really do that right nobody you know you know better like you don't give water to somebody who's had internal injuries because i'm like i don't, I don't know you just tell me this yeah um but yeah i think for debridement like um It'd be important too to at least try to clean off the wound somewhat. Yeah. Um, I had uh, I, I I had a pretty severe bike accident two years ago. I mean, it's kind of a fuzzy, weird experience. Um, and literally, was knocked out. Woke up on the road. Bikes there in pieces. High end bike. It's a long. It's like a seventy mile trek, and I had like fifteen miles to go on my way home. My wife and daughters are down by her mom's visiting. Like, I'm, so I evaluate myself, and literally I've got stones embedded in my arm and my leg, and I thought my arm was broke. Totally, totally thought my arm was broke. Um, I sit then on the side, kind of evaluate the situation, drag my bike, what's left of it, you know, my prized bike. It's like in, uh, what is it? Uh, Christmas story, the movie, like when the leg lamp oh, falls. Sure, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at my bike like, oh no, no. <laughs> Missing a pedal. And Not I'm worried drag- about the rocks in your arm. <laughs> dragging everything. And so, and like when someone drove by me, and I remember in a Dodge Daytona of all cars, which they don't make, but I'm like, <laughs> you'd think a Dodge Daytona person would stop for you. But they were, they kind of slowed down. It wasn't even like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. And, and then they just kept driving and I was like, you know, um, so, so yeah, I, I didn't have water. If I would have had water, well, I, I had Gatorade, and I wasn't going to debride with Gatorade because I <laughs> thought I needed the hydration because I was losing a lot of blood. But I think if I would have had some water, it would have helped. Um, and, and I talked about that ace bandage. I didn't have anything to bandage my arm, and it was, like, bleeding uh, profusely, and I had... I, I usually don't do this, but I, wear, I wore compression sleeves on my legs those during that ride. And I took off one of the compression sleeves, and then I pulled it over my arm, and it worked well. I mean, it was still, like, dripping blood and, and all of that. But if I would have had that, like, and I, I went out and I bought it right afterwards, and I put it in my, sure. my case because I was, like, I could have just gone around and you know they've got the little clip on it and boom like i would have been set it would have been great um so yeah all the stuff i had you know like a half bag of beef jerky <laughs> swedish fish you know all of that stuff um just yeah nothing served me so um what uh so what else uh well, that actually kind of reminds me of another story. I used, to okay. have a, I used to have a moped in high school. It was an old 83 Honda. Um, took forever to get going, but it probably topped out at 27, and I'm 
it's a rainy day. I'm pulling up to the intersection over by Craig High School, actually. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, so I like to go really, really fast, slam on the brakes, because I'm a cool high school kid on a moped. And it slides off from underneath me right into the intersection. And, of course, it's right before school, so there's traffic everywhere. I get up. I wave to the people. I'm okay. Person literally sticks their head out the window and says, get out of the way. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I mean, I was fine, but come on. <laughs> That's severe. Yeah, it was brutal. Uh, wasn't a younger Mateo, was it? You don't have any photos? It, it might have been. It might have been. He was edgy in his younger years. Yeah. Wow. That That's... Um, yeah, that, that's so we all handle these situations differently. We, we, you know, and so yeah, like I'll talk a little bit about when I was going back. Um, how like really nobody nobody helped me. I think they they quick like either gave an acknowledgement of well, you're okay, and, or like you know I don't want to offer you a ride because you're going to ruin my vehicle. Yeah. Um, oh, and I'm not going to offer to call anyone, but. Um, Anyway, uh, anything else on your list? Um, I have old-fashioned map, flares, and yep. a baseball bat. But that's just for yeah, a baseball know, self-defense. Bat. Um, right. Um, or if you're ever passing, yeah, some game and there's like eight people and they're like, does anybody play third base? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, we can shift outfield, outfield. Justin's like, hey, I, I, I've got a bat. If someone's got a glove, get over here. <laughs> so, my brother was in college and uh, his first year in the dorms, they were playing baseball years ago, and uh, they hit a, a home run and it went over the, the fence. I mean, just not like just like guys playing baseball not anything organized and it it, it smashed this guy driving by smashed his windshield while he's driving yeah wow and so like guy slams on the brakes and my brother and his friends like run over there to to help and to honestly say like we'll pay for this like here yeah you know we'll take care and the, and the guy totally freaks out and like takes off <laughs> like Wow. Like, he totally thinks, like, these guys are running after him. Yeah, to, we meant to do that. <laughs> and, and he's, like, gone. And I remember my brother telling that story because they felt really bad. I mean, it was an accident, and they, and they just wanted to make it right. And as soon as this guy saw these these college kids coming at him, yeah. he's like, I'm out of here. You know, and this was, like, 1980, I think. But, um, okay. Wow. So a couple things I've, I've got on my list. Um, I have a tire pump, um, and I bought a tire pump with a long nozzle or a hose on it um, because the the typical ones you just buy like at Walmart, you know, they give you like the 18 inches of hose. So if you're perfectly lined up with where the <laughs> nozzle is, it will work. Um, but this one um, does have a longer, and it had good reviews on Amazon, and it's worked great, to be honest. Um, so the times when, especially in Wisconsin, you can wake up and it's it's super cold and the tire pressure drops because the air condenses or just something weird happens. Um, at least on my car, I've got that issue. Um, so if the light comes on, boom, I can go in and do it. Or I suppose if I had a flat, I could maybe give myself a little bit of time to um, get to 
a quick sure. trip or some place I could stop where then I could call a tow truck or yeah. or whatever. But um, I also have you talked about flares. Yeah, I don't go quite that elaborate, but I do order these. Um, they're industrial. Um, snap lights or basic glow sticks, but these are industrial kind. And you, we, I put these things out at, at Halloween in a tree out in front. Um, and these things will glow for like two days. Like, wow. <laughs> and, and they're really in, industrial. They come in a case, and I think this one expires in. Um, this one expires. Eight of 2022, so they've got a pretty pretty long shelf life. But I, I do this because I mean, once you shake it up, this thing will will actually throw off a pretty fair amount of light. Like I could take this at night, and I could hold this up, and I could I could navigate. I could walk with this for probably like four to six hours. It would be that bright, and it it gradually gets darker but it's nothing like the ones you would buy at Walmart right so I put this in all of the the cars and then I um, also will do this with my daughters like on trick-or-treating I'll do like the orange one just so they're visible when they're out at night and I, the cool thing is this is non-toxic um, I say that because my my parents um, when my daughters go up and see my parents they like go to the dollar store and they buy the the dollar pack of glow sticks and if you read the back of it it's like these are highly toxic like if this opens up you know do this and this and this and one of our cats we had a big cat um he got into this um into this glow stick and and basically was chewing on it and um it was there we go trying the weather alerts are coming um coming through here so all right there all right that takes care of that so <laughs> what missile alert hawaii no come on i don't need to deal with that right now um but but yeah so anyway my my um i'm out running and i i come in and my wife's like the cat's got like all of this stuff and the cat was chewing on this and so we pull out the pack and it's like you know it's toxic and the cat isn't having any adverse reaction um so thankfully like that thankfully that didn't happen but we're we're the only way we can clean the cat is to turn the lights off and the oh cat's my glowing God. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> and it's a large cat. Oh. And the cat's trying to lick itself, so we're trying to do that and get towels and wiping down the cat. Oh, my gosh. And, and, um, and then it gets on our carpet, and then we get it off. And everything turns out okay, but this cat, this glowing cat, it's, it's the goofiest thing. And then, yeah, pulling the package out. So non-toxic. But And then I thought, though, you know, like, Justin, I don't know if I were to like abandon the vehicle, I would probably leave this in the vehicle, you know, so people passing by saw, I mean, you leave your flashers, I guess if they would work, but then they don't have antennas anymore on vehicles really. So I don't know where I would attach this or like if I, that I kind of, or do I take it with me or put it out in the road? I, I that kind of, 
I guess I struggle with. So anything, you know, any little bit will help. I'm, so I'm like, I'm wondering if I should have like a little piece of rope or something yeah. like, that I could tie. But then I don't know what I'd tie it on or just like put the rope in the trunk and it dangles out the back of the trunk so nobody right. runs into it. But Because how many places are there on the interstate where there's either no room to pull over no, or no. <laughs> and just where we are at, like there's there's interstate construction, like one of the main interstates and they put up the concrete portable barriers, you know, like. Yeah. two and a half feet over on each side so you can't pull over and and it is it's it's horrible i mean it is it sharpens your skills it I mean, sure does uh yeah. it, it's like you're, you're being trained and eventually you know you're they're going to divert you off the highway in a couple months and saying this has all been a training exercise yeah. we're sending you over to wherever <laughs> where you got to drive through like this incredibly hostile area but you can do it because you've passed this, which is 10 times harder. So I feel like my skills are being honed. I went to, uh, I drove to Orlando last March, and honestly, the interstate driving here in the goofy setup, and they used to put signs out that said, like, lane change ahead. Don't even bother with that no. anymore. They're and like, there's lines <laughs> painted over each other. And then they try, they, they have the thing that tries to, to ground down the line, so then it looks like it's a black line. Yeah. So I'm like, is this like part of, uh, yeah, is this ancient aliens? Across, is this a crop circle? <laughs> it's in the middle of the road. Lines are all over the place. I mean, <laughs> then there's always a cop parked right there just to make you feel extra uncomfortable. And, yeah, and I always do, I always look forward and kind of do the head nod of, of thinking maybe if there is any consideration of pull this guy over. Well, he did a head nod. So we're gonna we're, we're I'm, gonna o- let I'm okay with that, <laughs> and uh, and so far you know it, it's worked. But yeah, it's it's confusing. I mean, um, it 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 literally yeah sharpen your mind and 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 get rid- so that's a situation where if, if something happened ahead of me. I'd be like, I, I can't stop. I mean, if I stop, I'm going to get hit by a semi. I don't even know where to pull over, right. to be honest. Like, I have no idea. There's no mile markers. There's no nothing. Um, I don't want to try to grab my phone and make a call while I'm driving, while, like, everybody else is going to be hitting their brakes and watching this. So, um, so I think my, probably the bottom line of this is, like, to take care of yourself, try to maybe identify where the situation happened. I guess if you have that GPS Garmin thing, which I don't have active anymore on my car, but, um, or what the OnStar and yeah. that type of thing, which was kind of cool. Like when I bought my first vehicle that had OnStar, like I used it like, uh, like relentlessly the first 24 hours <laughs> and OnStar, like where, where's the Perkins like around here and stuff like that, you know, and they're really cool because they want you to use the OnStar. But then after like the first 24 hours, they kind of cool off on their side. Yeah. They're like, dude, figure this out. Like, <laughs> I'm just lonely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they would, it had a little map thing on it, but it was, you know, like two inches by three inches and then it would come up. So like you could literally navigate maybe the next block ahead of you. Um, before, so so I have those things. I'm going to add a couple other things. Um, the phone, tr- uh, okay, blanket. Oh, a tow rope. Um, I once went off the road and just slid, hit hit um, a patch of snow, slowly kind of slid, but went into a ditch. Didn't do any damage to the vehicle, but I couldn't get out. And I had a tow rope that somebody gave me for Christmas. Um, it's like a nylon tow rope, and a farmer. Um, came out and asked me if I needed to be pulled out of the ditch and I said yeah Um, 
So I hooked this tow rope up around the axle, which I'm not even sure if that was the right thing to do or whatever, but it, it worked. It worked. And, and he pulled me out for like 10 or $20 and uh, that was it. You know, I'm not sure today like that would fly, but um, it was, it was cool. It was that his stipulation? I'll pull you out, but you got to give me 10 or 20 bucks. After he pulled me out, he, he, he came up with the, the turn. I think he would have pulled me out anyway. He was a pretty good guy. And actually, I think it was like 10 bucks, and I only had a 20 And then I gave him a 20 and then he's like, well, let me go back to the farmhouse and make change for him. Like, dude, <laughs> yeah. like, you just saved me a couple hundred bucks here, mm-hmm. and like I'm kind of going to work. So, uh, so I... I and he's like, no, it won't. It's no big deal. Like, I'll be right back. So as soon as he left, like, I took off because I'm like, you deserve the ten dollars, and uh, and yeah, like you know, he's getting into all of these these things. He's like, uh, do, you, do you can I do you know do you take Bitcoin? I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I don't have the app on my phone and all this other stuff. What are you willing to trade me or something like that? Um, okay, I also had a whistle. Um, and you know, I think obviously to call attention to yourself, you know, um, or if you end up, I don't, personally, I don't, I can't think of anything unless you sink on the Titanic and you're on a floating <laughs> board and you're what the the lady, what her name's not Rose, Corinne, Rose, and and you grab the whistle, maybe there it helps you. Yeah, but I mean, I think. I don't know. I've never used it. Probably never will. And then I had down here weatherproof matches, but I mean, why wouldn't you use a, a lighter versus yeah. trying to finagle matches and start a fire next to your car? When <laughs> people are, is that Bear Grylls that just crashed yeah. his car like five blocks away from a Sitco and he's going to camp out there overnight? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So like, this stuff's kind of ridiculous. A little bit unless you're probably pretty rural i i guess i mean which see when i made my list (laughs) i was like this any scenario we could be up in the mountains i don't know yeah i didn't think i mean so there i think yeah the water the weatherproof matches and i could i'm i'm pretty confident i could get a fire going I, i i think i'd be okay with that um and then I put in, and I don't have it, you know, it's just a first aid kit, and it would have this similar things to what you have. And I would probably, if I didn't have that ace bandage, I would buy, like, an extra one and throw it in there just because when I was in that wipeout, it was so helpful to me. Like, it was just big time. Yeah. I didn't have it. Like, it would have been helpful right. to me to to have that. Um, so I want to get into, you know, kind of as we, we wrap up, um, First of all, like, what 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 do you what do you think? Like, out of our items here, was there a winner? Was there a second place, or was this like we got to do a hybrid of five items? Or or you, what, what was your thought here? Ooh, um, I think we probably got to go hybrid. I like the charger for sure. Um, the tire inflator, that is an actual item that I do have, and for some reason didn't put on my list. Okay, so I'll share that as well. Okay. What are you thinking? You know, I, I like that. The first aid kit um, definitely need. I think water has to be there. Although, like, again, how do you store water? It, somebody it, come up with something. The temp- somebody needs, yeah, something <laughs> on on this. Um, you know, one thing I never thought about, like, I, I know somebody that has 
some of those MREs, meal ready to eat, mm -hmm. that they pack in their car um, that, that you know you can eat. Um, so stuff like that. So I think I think we're in pretty good. I guess I'd keep the hammer because I, I think I didn't know about the window thing. I guess maybe that would work, but um, I wouldn't want to be in the water in my car without that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'm thinking even as a on me, it becomes kind of a defense mechanism. I was sharing a story uh, with Justin where I was biking this past year, area I'm very familiar with, but it's rural, and I came across uh, an accident too. Guy wiped out his motorcycle. Older guy. Same guy. Same same guy. <laughs> and uh, he's off the road, and the motorcycle is down into the ditch, and I don't see a lot of debris, so, and it's a short road, like that he would have gone and then turned. So he couldn't have been doing a lot of speed. So I'm thinking something just happened where he, I don't know, wasn't paying attention or slid, whatever. And he's sitting down, so he's lucid, and I bike by him, and I stop, and I'm just like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, and, you know, he's kind of brushing off his jacket, and he had his a phone, and... and um, and I'm like, do you, is there anything I can do for you? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm okay. And, like, I felt I felt okay with it, but I didn't feel, like, totally okay with it, you know. So, okay, I mean, okay as in this guy could stand up and just start <laughs> being aggressive with me. Yeah. He seemed, like, pretty, well, edgy. Well, first he just wiped out his bike, and, and he already gave me the I'm okay, like, keep going. So I keep going about a half mile and get to the top of a hill, which I typically would stop at and and set my bike to the side. There's like a little place that, that's wider on the side and then um, take a little bit of water, stretch and things like that. So I did that normally. And I see like some other motorcycles come up and then a pickup truck. And um, and what happens is they, they load the bike onto a truck and load him into the truck and everybody disappears. Hmm. So I'm thinking, this guy didn't report this. Like, there's there's some reason this was not reported. Um, and also, like, I can kind of tell, like, they're looking up at me, like the three people, while I'm at the top of the hill. And the impression I'm getting is, okay, like, you better not be calling for <laughs> 911 or any emergency. No we got this handled. No authorities. So, like, I was just, you know, very clearly water bottle, no phone, phone's in the bag. I'm cool. We're all good here. Um, and it was just strange. And, and it was, yeah, this, this quick maneuver, get him, get the bike in, gone. And, like, I think I went through, I don't even think there was debris. I don't think there was... <laughs> You know, there was nothing like there wasn't anything. Wow. There was uh, nothing left from from this. It was like it never happened. It was interdimensional. That would be something to see. <laughs> and and yeah, so so it was it was, it was crazy. Like uh, so um, a few things as, as we get into this. So there's a new trend up right now, and it's to do the dashboard cams. You've probably seen this, and you'll see bikers, and they have the the, the camera on the top, and it's basically. Well, I mean, part of it was to like, hey, I'm going to bike my trip or whatever, but who wants to watch that? I mean, really. But it's in case somebody pulls out in front of me and there's an accident or they hit me, now it's documentation. And the new um, GPS units have cameras built into them and SD cards, so they're always recording the like last 60 seconds of your drive and then it restarts. Um, and these are submissible to court. Now, what I've read is like, they're submissible to the to the uh, 
point of they can pull off your speed and kind of your location and some stuff, but it's not, they can't like give you the full context, but you can get some things like if someone obviously like pulled out in front of you, or I guess maybe if someone was aggressive and was, you know, coming at you. But so I, I feel really freaky. Like when I'm driving and I see like somebody biking past me and they've got like the helmet cam on, I don't notice it in cars so much because I just get used to it, and I think it, they're they're built into the units now in the mirrors where you really don't even see them. Um, so, any thoughts on, I guess, that society that we're entering of knowing you're kind of always recorded? You're always being recorded? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how many times I've read 1984, but yes. <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Um, and there's always that argument of, oh, if you're not doing anything wrong, there's nothing to worry about. But it's still, I think it's just kind of creepy being recorded all the time. And I get that there's, you know, reasons for it. And you actually see a lot of those like, videos on YouTube when people are getting pulled over by cops. And then right. you, get, you see the debate that goes on with, you know... I'm allowed to do this, blah, blah, blah. You've seen those videos. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about those because um, I, I don't feel like I need to protect myself, but I guess like if I was in an accident and maybe I had something like that, uh, it maybe it helps me. Or maybe on the other hand, it completely doesn't help me. Right. <laughs> They're like, hey, like, yeah. you know, you were doing this and this documented this and, and stuff like that. Um, so one of the things we talked about earlier, too, is I think it's good advice if you're in an accident um, to take photos of, of the scene, as long as it's safe, um, and take photos of your, your vehicle and kind of where it's positioned. And even the other vehicle, I mean, to the extent that people don't get crazy with you, like, why are you taking a picture? Mm-hmm. So, so you can have that context for the police and the insurance companies. And I tell people like to record it. Um, and that's things I've read and have heard about, like if you can actually do the video and say today is whatever date and this is the time and all of that, that that helps too. Um, and you know, you can, I, I think even um, pull off the GPS coordinates off your, your, your device or hit home or something like that. I don't, I don't know, but I, I think taking a, a lot of pictures and if you can take pictures of other people's like driver's license instead of trying to write things down or like their license plate especially um would be helpful like the dude in a motorcycle the moment you have the license plate like if they're like what's the guy's license plate well then they know okay this is who is registered Mm -hmm. to we have a name now we have contact information for family things like that and they can maybe say okay there's this medical condition um this is the hospital he needs to go to I don't know. Um, I, I think concussion symptoms are elusive, even, even if, like, you're in an accident or somebody else is. Yeah. Um, there's something called the mini mental exam, and it's basically you can do this yourself. Like, if it's, you know, a friend or somebody you come across, or even, like, yourself, if you've been in an accident, and you sit down and say, like, okay, what day is it? What time is it? What year is it? What's my birth date where do I live and if you're able to answer these things then you're you're probably in pretty good shape if you can't answer these things then you you probably do have some type of concussion issue going on 
Um, so I, I went through that with myself after my accident. Like I knew I could orient to place, although I thought I had some concussive type symptoms. Um, but it, I, I was feeling confident enough where I could, you know, get onto my bike and do the assessment and use the one pedal and the one arm hanging out and get myself back home. Um, so I, I would recommend those those types of things to stay, staying safe. And, and probably the biggest thing, too, is, yeah, if you don't have to be on the roads, um, you know, don't don't be on the roads. Especially with Mateo coming. Especially with Mateo. And still the number of people I see texting, and we, even though we have the laws mm-hmm. against it, but the people who are texting. Um, and I frequently will tap, you know, my, my taillights, you know, be watching up ahead um, if anything is going on. It's interesting because my, my Garmin is supposed to give me traffic updates, which in Wisconsin, like, it never helps me out at all. But when we went to Orlando, we get into other states, it's always telling me <laughs> what's going on ahead. You know, like, eight miles ahead, traffic slowdown, traffic, it was right on. But, yeah, in Wisconsin, and, and there could be, everything stopped for, like, an hour, and there's nothing that's coming through. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And you can update those things, too. Uh, it's another thing once in a while to update because... They change the road, especially the interstate gets all wonky. So it's like, you, you are not driving on a road or there's, you know, <laughs> right. like, oh, no, this has gotten serious all of a sudden. So do you ever use Waze? The no. App? No. What is it? Um, well, I'm not the best person to explain it, but um, it's, it's basically like a GPS. But I think um, the users can input information like there's an accident here. Okay. There's a speed trap here, but also I wonder, you know, how are people putting this information in while they're driving? I'm not sure how it works. It might be easier than okay, I think, but pretty popular app. What is it called? Waze. W a z e. W a z e. Okay, yeah. Waze. Yeah, definitely something to to check out. So, Justin, as we wrap up today, um, any any other thoughts on you know safety and first responders? Um, anything you want to share? Anything you're reflecting upon? Any anything like we've talked about today? It's like that's going to change maybe how I do things. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate some time to actually putting some of these things in my vehicle, you know, go through the first aid kit, make sure everything's up to date and, you know, just be prepared because you don't want to end up in a situation where all you need is an ace bandage and you don't have an ace bandage. (laughs) Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, It's something I'm going to do too. I'm going to kind of go back into where I I did do the, the packs for everybody. And I, you can buy these like solar blankets too. They're pretty cheap. A solar blanket, if you just imagine tinfoil, fold it down from the size of a blanket into a, a small cracker type square. Apparently like you unfold these, it reflects like 70% of your body heat back to you so it can keep you warm. You always see those, but I just can't imagine. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, and I also think they work um, in sun too. Like they can have that effect. Um, years ago, I was trained uh, in wildland firefighting, and we needed to do, it was more of an industrial, but it was a similar concept. And if you were trapped and had nowhere to go, 
you kind of unfolded this thing and put it over you and you try to go to an area where the ground was black because that meant everything had been burned and there was likely to be less fire there. Um, and you would get under this and there was a chance then you would survive um, a chance, although like not a guarantee. So I remember the fire blankets, but yeah, I've never done the solar blanket. And I'm sure like once you unfold it, it's done. Like it's, you know, <laughs> okay, fold it back up. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Get it back in. It's got a little Ziploc. <laughs> it's it's Ziploc bag. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's, and, and thankfully, I mean, they, they were like cheap and stuff, but I, I don't, I don't know how that would work. So hearing you say that, it's like, of yeah. course, of course you have training in <laughs> yeah. fighting forest fires. The thing, yeah, you know, the thing with that was, that was back before the GPS days. And one of the things is um, I had to learn how to read a plat book, which is which is a it's basically a map in a book, and then it would show this section of land, this section of land, this section of land, and it was a skill I I just never developed. I could never do this, and I had the other stuff down like pretty well, but I could be like you know it, it would be like there's a fire, it's out in the countryside over in this area. I'm like. I don't know. Follow smoke. Look for the smoke. If it's yep. night, someone else has to take this on. This isn't. This isn't <laughs> me. Um, I, what else do you want me to do? Like you know, I'm. I don't know. I'm lost. I. I don't know. This is. I can't. I can't navigate this. Yeah. So I never could do it. A plat book was. It was too confusing. Now it's the old. I mean, I guess they still have these. Although, like all the trucks now have GPS. Mm -hmm. All of the trucks have have GPS, and they also have a secondary GPS unit on top where they're they're tracked um, externally by all times so they know where the, the, the vehicles are. So that stuff is, is kind of taken out. And it's interesting too because during like hurricanes and like severe weather and stuff, GPS still works because GPS pings to satellite. It's not cellular dependent. So even during Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Harvey, the GPS pings were still working. So um, that was the way like Cajun Navy could get in and some of the um, other rescuers. But yeah, the cellular networks would, would eventually go down but the GPS systems are pretty pretty robust. They just don't get impacted by that. Um, That's good. So, you know, and the solar flares, flying saucer attacks, mm -hmm. whole different story. But, yeah, it's amazing that GPS um, in a vehicle or, I, I don't know, because your phone is going to go to a cellular tower, but your GPS, like a Garmin type in a vehicle, is going to be very reliable in a severe weather event or if you yeah are stranded off somewhere that's going to be your most reliable way to go that's good to know so amazing all right um so i hope this was helpful today and that you think about this ahead of time because again this could happen to anybody you go around a corner um and also um if it happens to you or if your kids are starting to learn to drive um, and I, I, one of the things I, I think we surfaced that I didn't think about was pulling over, calling 911, asking 911 what to do, explaining mm -hmm. the situation, and then letting 911 say, here's the next thing. And, you know, if you can make contact, maybe do that or not. Or if you pull a person from an area or, like, can you use your vehicle to whatever 
I never thought about that before, but to me that makes sense because they have their contacts with so many other professionals, and then yeah. you are also doing something under the direction of somebody else. Exactly where, liability and I yeah, I think for for li- and maybe there's something you're totally not thinking about. Like right. totally they're immediately pointing out something that you are missing because you're in the moment and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, just just this is a fascinating story because again, I mean just what really drew me to this too was this can happen to everybody. Oh, yeah. And anybody. And and not only that, you know, you could be a bystander to this. You know, you're out somewhere and boom, this accident happens virtually right in front of you or a block away. And you can be one of the first people to run over to this. And this can this can then transpose into what if it's a different accident? You know, somebody falls off a roof on a house or some sure. industrial scaffolding collapses or something like that and you you're just happen to be there um so yeah making sure you're safe making those those contacts and i think we got a pretty safe a safe thing here and i got my hammer and uh yeah (laughs) so we are going to wrap up this episode of the safety doc um thank you justin for being on the show and Again, we try to take away the rhetoric of safety, try to relate with what you're feeling, what we felt, being very open with this, and things that are going to help you uh, stay safe down the road and help you process through things. And you know what? None of us are, you're gonna have situations you're gonna run into, you're not gonna know, but you're gonna react. And, And one of the things too is, you know, when you're on, if you come onto a scene, the, the, you know, you, you act, you, you take some, you know, action, whether it be calling 911 or, or something like that. It's, it's not where you're pulling up. And so many people now are taking their cell phones and videotaping things. And I've just been hearing so much about, about that too. So yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Especially since YouTube demonetized, forget about that. You're not going <laughs> to get enough hits. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So All right. Well, sir, have a good rest of your day. Prepare for Mateo. And uh, I am going to pack up and uh, hunker down for the night and and, uh, get the snowblower ready for tomorrow. Yeah. And load up the Snuggie. Get the Snuggie (laughs) and, and make sure I am all set here. So, again, I appreciate your time today. And again, um, thanks, Justin, for being on the Safety Doc Podcast. Thank you for having me.